it looks like we've got maybe two more messages and we'll be done with the book of Galatians. I hope it's uh, two messages, but, uh, you know, God's good. I've been reading this and I probably admitted it uh, uh, about two messages ago. I said, I'm not preaching out of Galatians no more. Uh, I said, I'm getting out of that. I'm done. I felt like I was beating a dead horse. I really did. And uh, I said, well, and I started studying, looking around. I couldn't find anything that really was, you know, good. You know, I, I just felt like it was right. I got back in Galatians and I read the next piece of scripture. I said, well, that's that's good. We'll, we'll go right there. And that's pretty much how it's been each Sunday. I try to get away and I go right back. And, you know, this, I have enjoyed it. I, I don't know if anybody else has. You maybe feel like I'm beating that dead horse, but I have grown spiritually from reading the book of Galatians and really taking time uh, to read it and apply it and really think about what it means. And I hope that you have too. But Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 16, if you would please stand uh, this morning to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, we'll read through 18. The Word of God says this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit. And ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. In verse 18 it says, But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for letting us come together here this morning. We thank you for the singing. Lord, we thank you uh, for the food this morning. We I praise you, Lord, Father, for the blessings we've been able to assemble together here. We, we pray, Lord, that all those that are assembled here are not lost and undone. And if they are, Lord, we pray they come to know you before it's everlasting too late. We uh, thank you for the many blessings you've placed in our lives. Thank you for the scripture. We thank you uh, for this letter that Paul wrote. And, Lord, we just pray that we can use it to uplift your kingdom, that we can uh, grow closer to you, Lord, Father. We just pray uh, for spiritual growth this morning. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. You can be uh, seated now. When we are, we look back a little bit on some of the things that we've preached in Galatians, and I haven't spent a lot of time looking back uh, uh, in any of the messages because, uh, uh, like I said, it's been pretty straightforward until we got to ver chapter four. It sort of took a little bit of a turn. Uh, we're really drumming, uh, really drumming on legalism, and uh, you know, I, I learned a lot. Uh, I had to change my attitude and my opinions on a lot of things because I realized just how legalistic I've been over the years and i'll tell you even though i've read this and studied this uh, i'm probably still a touch of legalism in some of my opinions but we get here to galatians and if we think about the last two messages paul has really spent time here in chapter four in the beginning of chapter five trying to help the galatians understand that they are no longer bond servants. They are not slaves to the law. They don't have to follow a set of rules anymore. Christ has set you free, and you are binding yourself back down by going back to the law. That's what really the last little bit of Galatians that we've studied and preached from has showed us. And we've got to this end of chapter 5, and if uh, I know that y'all's memories ain't the greatest in the world, but in June of last year, I preached the fruit of the Spirit for three weeks. Uh, I don't know if y'all realize that. I knew that I had. I looked it up right before I got up here. I said, I know it hasn't been long. It been exactly... Do what? It actually started in May. May, okay. <laughs> I knew it was part of... I finished it in June then. So I started it in May, finished it in June. So we, we spent some time on the fruit of the Spirit. 
And I'm not going to spend a lot of time this morning highlighting each and every step. I don't want to spend those three weeks uh, again on the fruit of the Spirit. I want to spend some time skimming right here at the last of this. I don't want to sound like I'm skimming or skipping anything, but we done drove at home on the fruit of the Spirit in June or in May of last year. But we want to take some time looking at leading up to this. Paul, has, he's trying to tell the church of Galatia that they need to live by the Spirit. And church today, if I can tell you that you need to live by any kind of, of setup, any kind of rules, guidelines, uh, there is a uh, love each other, love thy neighbor as thyself, love the Lord thy God, and live by the Spirit. That's, if we can use those three principles, uh, love everybody, uh, love each other, uh, love the Lord, and what? Live by the Spirit. If we could fit, if we could do those three things, buddy, the church wouldn't have any issues. Uh, but Paul is writing this letter, obviously, because the church has issues. Uh, I have issues. Y'all have issues. Our church has issues. That's fine. Uh, we can openly admit that because, hey, we folks, we people, we're sinful people. We make mistakes. Uh, and Paul's trying to help them understand to live by the Spirit. And living by the Spirit uh, brings freedom, uh, but he tries to take a turn here that we focused on freedom for the last little bit. But Paul also says that if you're going to live by freedom, it don't mean to go crazy. Okay? I'm trying to tell y'all, y'all ain't, bond, y'all ain't bound down to slavery, but Paul's trying to tell you, you don't need to act like a bunch of fools neither. <laughs> we, we get to this little piece of Scripture here, and Paul's really expanded on freedoms and not living by the law, but then we get to a little bit, hey, there's some rules to live by too, folks. Uh, I've given y'all a lot of freedoms. I've given y'all, hey, don't live by the law. I live by, hey, have y'all listened to yourselves? We preached that one Sunday, and, and we get to this particular piece of Scripture here, and we say that he gives us a list of things that you need to live by. If you're going to live by the Spirit, there's some things in your life that you need to avoid. There's some things in your life that you need to do. Uh, the first thing that he uh, points out is the things that you need to avoid. Can you believe that? Uh, can you believe that? People don't like to hear this list now. I'm telling you, it's going to hurt some of his feelings, and that's fine when I get through this list. Uh, that third point I get to, boy, eat me up. Now, I don't like that third part that Paul gets into. He gives us 15 things. And he couldn't. He could have not stopped there. He says, "And the like." I believe in verse twenty-one when we get down in here, uh, he could have kept on going, but he said, "And things like this stuff." <laughs> so uh, we're going to take the things that Paul writes, and we can also think, "Well, Paul could have wrote a whole lot more." Okay, uh, because he says, "You know what?" He thought it probably felt like he was maybe beating that dead horse at the end of uh, uh, number fifteen. But uh, he gives us the acts that are a a sinful nature, and these. Acts can be divided up into four categories when we go through them. And the very first thing that Paul addresses is sex. Hey, the church don't like to hear that, but that's the very first thing that Paul highlights you don't need to have in your life. Avoid these things. And he gets to sexual sins. He gets to, in verse 19, he says adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, and lasciveness, if I pronounce that correctly, in verse 19. These sins cover all sexual offenses. They do. And you can group all of the things that you could possibly think of Publicly, uh, privately, this list covers all sins, whether you're married, you're unmarried. Uh, and it's interesting to note that Paul starts off with sexual sins. Why? Because they're probably one of the most difficult things for people to avoid. Uh, uh, sexual sins, although they're usually done in the name of love, have nothing to do with love. 
We get to love and the fruit of the Spirit in a little bit. When we get to this part that Paul tells us to avoid, this thing needs to be avoided. These things do not work. They, they do not uh, work out in the end. In, in sins revolving sex, involving sex, we got that. And the next thing, we got sins involving religion. We get to idolatry and witchcraft in verse 20, uh, part A there. Idolatry is the worship of anything other than God. Idolatry is the worship uh, of pretty much anything other than God. And, and idolatry can include the worship of money. It could be power. It could prestige. It could be yourself. Uh, witchcraft is uh, using spiritual gifts for evil. Uh, pretty much the Greek is the word... I may be pronouncing it incorrectly, but it's pharmacon. The very beginning of it is pharma, so uh, we can understand that it is misuse of drugs. Uh, Paul's trying to say, hey, uh, you guys need to get straightened up. We, we're going to cover these sexual sins that you need to get out of your life. You don't need to commit adultery. You don't need to have fornication, uncleanliness, elastiveness. You need to get to here, and you don't need to uh, have this uh, idolatry. You don't need to have witchcraft in your life. You don't need to uh, be messing around with drugs. The next part, we get sins against the animosity. And boy, I don't like this one. I don't. Out of the 15 things that Paul lists off, eight of them involve animosity. Now, Zach, what is animosity? That's problems amongst each other. That's me having a problem with you. And that's you having a problem with me. That's what he, he calls out eight out of 15 of them. He uses eight. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, uh, heresy, and, and envyings. All these are signs of the flesh at work. Every one of them. There are eight different things that he lists off. He lists 15, but he gives eight of us here. And, and variance. Now, variance means that me and you just don't see eye to eye. If you say, Zach, I am just hardcore animal rights activist and I just don't like that you catch fish. And you have a quarrel with me because you think that it's mean to catch fish and throw them back in the river or pull them out, fillet them and eat them and grill them. Hey, I'm not trying to say that you're wrong. I'm not trying to say that I'm right. But if it causes a variance, an issue between us that we're different and you're going to highlight it and make a big deal out of it, that's wrong. I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't be a stumbling block. We can go to other pieces of Scripture that I shouldn't offend you in certain ways. If, if Zach, if you, you, I'm a vegetarian. You cooked a whole bunch of pig down there and you had it uh, laid out, all kinds of different cuts of pig and, and this and that. You had eggs down there cooked and that just don't sit well with me. Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be a stumbling block. I'm going to publicly apologize to anybody that had an issue with that. Why? Because I don't want to have variance. I don't want to have issues. I don't want to have hatred. I don't want to have wrath, strife. I don't want to have these things. And variance uh, refers to the strife that's between these Galatians. There is variance between the Galatians. Why? Because they believe that some of them are teaching the right thing, that you have to be circumcised. That's the whole issue going on. Uh, that They think that you have to be, if you're going to accept Jesus, you better get circumcised. That's the whole point of what's going on. They're teaching that you've got to have Jesus and something else. There was a variance there at the church because there was an agreement between, between this. Uh, you may think that, Zach, I don't like you preaching through the book of Galatians. Well, that's just too uh, bad at the moment, isn't it? Uh, there would be a variance there. Zach, I don't like that you uh, preach off a tablet when you're up at the pulpit. I, I really don't care if you have some sort of opinion with that. There isn't a variance. There's an issue. There's opinions. And those opinions are not jihad. Well, they're not getting along. It's causing issues. 
Paul says, why are you doing it? Don't have variance, don't have wrath, don't have strife, don't have heresies, don't have envyings. A, a variance is not a fruit of the Spirit. If we ain't agreeing, something's wrong. Say, so Zach, I don't really like how you cook them eggs. Hey, just let me know. <laughs> i got to do them different. Zach, I don't like how you do this. Wrath. When we get to wrath, uh, the, I believe the NIV translates that fits of rage. Uh, I think that fits a lot better. We'll just say, we'll stick with that. Fits of rage. Outburst of anger. Just you get mad and you get angry, you stomp, you get, oh my goodness, if anybody's in your way, you're going to just plow through them. Hey, you ain't got to stand up. I'm just picking it. <laughs> you don't have to volunteer that that's you. I can I stand up in front of you. Boy, I've been the, I've been the, very guilty of having wrath. My wife drives me crazy sometimes. My kids drive me crazy sometimes. Jack's back there acting a fool sometimes in church. I'm like, to turn red up here, back here looking at him, thinking, boy, I'm going to get him after church. He don't even know it. That wrath. We're guilty of it. We get angry. And, and my goodness, we get angry at each other for no reason sometimes. And we get ourselves in a lot of trouble because we speak and we don't be quiet because we're angry. We get in these bursts of rage. If we, just, if we just would have been quiet for another 15 minutes, it would have been gone. I have been so guilty of that. I've been in meetings before, and they asked me my opinion in meetings, and they'd learned a long time ago in a lot of meetings I go into, don't ask Zach his opinion. Because Zach's going to tell you his opinion. <laughs> if Zach thinks what you just said was silly, he's probably going to tell everybody sitting in that meeting that you sounded silly just now. That you don't have any evidence to prove what you just said. Everything was hogwash. There's no basis of what you just said. Prove to me what you just said with statistics and data. I, I'm, I'm that way in a meeting. Don't ask me. Don't ask me my opinion of something in the church if you don't want to hear it. Because I'll give it to you. Now, this fits of rage and this wrath. and We could have just been quiet. I, I've learned a long time ago, Just a lot of times I just need to be quiet. And honestly, if you ask me in my opinion something most of the time, I ain't going to tell you no more. <laughs> I learned a while back, just, just let it go, Zach. Just let it go because people can't handle what's going through your mind. Your mind runs 100 miles an hour. Everybody else running 60. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to go right by. People don't like getting... Do you like getting passed like that at interstate? No. Uh, do you like somebody going by and saying, man, I hope they wreck in a minute. Something like, I hope they have issues in a minute. That same thing is going to happen. If you ask me my opinion, I'm going to zoom by you and say, oh, I just don't like what he just said. <laughs> I don't like that. I'm sorry. We get ourselves into trouble because we speak when we're angry. We do. We have outbursts. We have fits of rage. We often say things we regret. I don't like that third point. I don't animosity, issues between each other, I know that I'm guilty. I know that. I fall short a lot. You've been around me a whole lot. Zach, I ain't been around you. You're probably blessed. <laughs> then I have to be around me sometimes when I get to one of my whining stages or I get to telling you all these things. But animosity, Paul tells us, don't do it. Just be quiet. Just love each other. Just don't have issues. When we get to this fourth thing, and we got sins involving substance abuse. We got drunkenness and reveling. And I like that the Living Bible, I don't really like you reading the Living Bible that much, but the Living Bible chooses to, it, it translates that word reveling 
as wild parties. And I, I really think that applies better to us today to help us understand what he's trying to say there. It's much more in line to help us understand what Paul's telling us to avoid. And in fact, a Strong's defines the word that is translated as wild parties or, or as uh, reveling. It defines it as this, a nocturnal and riotous procession, this is kind of long, riotous procession of half-drunken and frolicsome fellows who after supper parade through the streets with torches and music in honor of Bacchus or some other deity and sing and play before houses of male and female friends, hence used generally a feast and drinking parties that are protracted till late at night and indulge in revelry. That's what, it, that's what that difference is. Y'all can picture that right now, can't you? Y'all can picture people acting a fool, drunk, going door to door, uh, singing and carrying on. It says nocturnal. Late into the night, acting a bunch of fools. I can see it. That sounds a lot better now. What is Paul's? Avoid that. Don't act a bunch of fools, drunk, acting like a bunch of crazy people. Paul backs up and says, you don't need to have adultery. You don't need to have all these sexual problems. You don't need to have a, a witchcraft. You don't need to have a drug addiction issue. You don't need to have uh, problems between your brothers and sisters in Christ. All these uh, issues you have between each other. Keep your mouth shut and just love each other. And then he gets to this. And don't go out and act like a bunch of drunks and tear the town down acting like a bunch of fools. I'm sorry, I just preached that to you. Because that's what he said. I'm, I've told you some of y'all ain't going to like it. It's fine. <laughs> I don't really like it either sometimes. He wants us to behave. <laughs> Is that so much to ask? Paul wants us to behave a little bit. The next thing that we look at is the fruit of the Spirit. He's told us all these things. Stop acting like a fool and all these issues. But then he gets to the fruit of the Spirit. And if you look back, it says the works of the flesh. He uses a plural form to talk about these 15 points because there's so many ways that we have the works of the flesh. But if you notice how Paul words it, there's only one fruit. There is a fruit of the Spirit. One thing. He's not labeling out all these different things or fruits of the Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit is this. It takes all these different things Stirring around to make this fruit. It says, but the fruit. And he says, the fruit's singular. And the reference here, and we have the elements of the fruit. And we have nine different things. We've already preached it back in May and June of last year to help us understand what those, those different things are. But we have to be following the Holy Spirit. That's what the whole point of this is. is you've, you are set free, but you need to follow the Holy Spirit. We listed off these 15 things. And the like, you know, I didn't. It, I could have kept going and been creative and come up with some other things for you to think about, but I just use those fifteen things, and you just need to think and stuff like it too. <laughs> I don't have to lay out everything, but stuff like that, don't do it. But now here we get the fruit of the spirit, and we have to follow this fruit of the spirit. To, we have to follow the spirit to have the fruit of the spirit. So John chapter fifteen one through eight it says this. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husband. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean, though the word which I have spoken unto you abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, 
except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And without me ye can do nothing. If a man abideth not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. And 7 and 8 says this, And if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. And in verse 8 it says, Where herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. These fruit that you bear are fruit of the Spirit. It is what we're going to put out for the Lord. And it says that we have to be connected to Him to bear any kind of fruit. So don't think today that you're lost. Don't think today that you've backslidden and got away from God and you're going to bear fruit. It says you need to be connected to the true vine if you're going to bear fruit. And he gives these nine different things. He has love, which is self-denying love, self-sacrificing love, Christ-like love. This is the foundation of all the other graces, all the things that we've ever preached. Love is forefront and the center of everything that we can think of. The love that's here is described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But this love that we need to have, we need to have joy. The joy of the Holy Spirit, deep abiding joy, rejoicing in the Lord. This is not joy that comes from beating a video game or, or, or getting to a place on time. This is joy that comes from God. This is love that comes from God. You have to have peace, uh, peace, uh, love, joy, tranquility, the peace that Christ gives us, peace that is not based on the world, a uh, peace which the world, praise God, cannot take from you. If your job gives you peace and love and comfort, you could lose your job. If your family gives you peace, love, and joy, you could lose your family. If your car brings you these things, you could lose your car. I want you to realize something. It is only from Christ. Christ gives us these things. The fruit of the Spirit, the first three here, is all coming from Christ. It's a blessing to get those three things. The next thing is long-suffering. We have to have endurance. We have to be able to uh, forbearance to, to allow people uh, to wonder indefinitely why you try to get even. That doesn't work. But we have to have this love and we have to forbear each other, put up with each other. We've got to be gentle, the fifth one. We've got to be gracious, kindly dip disposition, goodness is the next one. Ready to do good. That's love in action. That's what goodness is. We have to have faith. We have to trust in God and be faithful to His task. We have to be meek. What does that mean? It's controlled strength. You know that you got power. You know that you serve a living God, but your meekness, you don't try to run stuff. You got to have temperance. What does that mean? You got to be reasonable. <laughs> we got to be restraint. You got to hold back natural impulses. You're not quick to be tempered, which we already addressed in the last little bit of things not to do. But fruit. These fruit come from a long, growing process. If I asked y'all to go out and make an apple, could y'all make one? Does that work? If I asked y'all to go out and make a watermelon, that doesn't work. You can't make something. So I give you about 30 minutes. I look for that apple. 
It's a process to get fruit. It is a, sometimes a difficult, long process to get fruit to where we want them. And I want you to know something. When you plant a fruit tree, sometimes that thing's there for a long time before it ever bears any kind of fruit. And I'm impatient. If I plant something, I, I want to see results now. Uh, we see people saved, been saved five, six, ten years. We want to see some fruit. We're getting impatient. We want to uh, see something in their life. Why are they still acting like the things they told us not to do? We can back up there. We got 15 things there Paul said not to do. And you're doing 11 of them. You're doing 15 of them. We, we want to see fruit uh, from somebody. That tree's still there. That tree's still there. That tree is still ready. It is getting ready to put out fruit. I remember the first year, my dad, my dad planted an apple tree years ago. And he planted a little old apple tree. He bought it from trade day, and we wondered if it was any good. <laughs> we planted that little old apple tree. You know how you just don't know. They like to give you a stick and put it in a, in a bag full of potting soil and call it a tree. So we stuck it in the ground. That tree was growing, and it grew a couple of leaves. Didn't put no fruit. Another year went by. I guarantee you that tree was down there 12 years. It was. That tree got huge. We never saw any fruit. There was blooms on that tree. And my daddy told me, he said, Son, I just don't, I think you got Jip. We got Jip getting that tree. All I ever see is a bunch of blooms. We ain't never got no apples. We ain't never got nothing on that tree. That thing got, oh my goodness, I can't even describe it. It's probably two stories, three stories tall. It's huge. And we planted it close to a building, so it was leaning on the building, caving the top of the building in, and we just sat back there waiting for that fruit to come on that tree. And I, I can't tell you exactly how many years. Long time went by. And we just letting that tree grow. It's a pretty tree. We went out there one day in the middle of the summer. We was doing something. Looked across the backyard. That tree almost broke in half, bending over, holding all the fruit that came up on that tree. Didn't make a lick of sense to us. We couldn't get it. Why that tree was there for so long. And we, we had to put up with that tree. It was a beautiful tree, but it never put out any fruit. It never did anything. And when it did, it put out so much, it almost broke the tree in half. We had my mama fried, made fried apple pies <laughs> until she was blue in the face making fried apple pies. Now, we had other apple trees, but we, we focused on that one. We hadn't ever seen any fruit. And that's, that's how the church is, church, people. That is, that's how the church is. If there's any other way to help you understand how you save people, how Christians come to know God, and how they blossom one day, that, if there's no other way to understand it, that's, that's the way I understand it. You may never see anything out of them. They may sit there. They may just be there. They may just be a, a place that warms a bench for so long. You may, one of these days, it's just so pretty, it's blooming, but they just never put out. And all of a sudden, there's so much put out, it almost breaks everything. Nothing makes sense when that tree finally starts bearing so much fruit, can't nobody keep up. It may be your life, it may be your ministry, it may be uh, your salvation. I don't know what's going on in your life, but Paul uh, tries to help us understand that the fruit is a long process. Uh, they are made to be grown. Can't make it. I can't make this church grow overnight. I can't make it grow in a year. I can't make it grow in ten years. But God can make it grow. I can't make it anything, but God can make it grow. And I don't know what God's going to grow it into. When we planted that tree, it could have put out whatever. might have been figs. might have been something else. It ended up being a big old monstrous apple tree. Still putting out apples today. That's one of the biggest apple trees I have ever seen. It's a monster. 
Almost looks like a, like a, like a big old pecan tree or something. It's just a monster tree. You cannot build fruit. You can't fashion a fruit. You can't get fruit from a fruitless tree. You've got to let it grow. As I get a verse of some song ready today, I want you to realize something. In your life, you may not have anything coming out. You may not ever put out any fruit. You may feel like you're a fruitless tree that is growing and making no sense. Uh, But I want you to know something, that God sees the beauty of your tree, that the church sees the beauty of your tree, and the church is just waiting. It is. I don't know if you're waiting on my fruit. I don't know if we're waiting on your fruit. I don't know. I I don't know what the church is waiting on. When the fruit is bared, I can promise you something. There's going to be rejoicing. My mama cooked them fried apple pies. It might be as big. It might be the big reason I am as big as I am today. <laughs> that summer of fried apple pies at our house. We made a lot of good times. Had a lot of good things from that old fruit tree. But that fruit tree meant something. We saw that thing bloom and put out those apples that year, and that was I've, I've never forgot it. I go by, and you know now it's just a it's a given. It's a given. It's gonna have apples on that tree. That's how we, we changed our viewpoint of what that tree was in our life when it finally put out that fruit that year. Or what are you waiting on? Is the fruit about to bear in your life? Is the fruit about to come up in your tree, in your ministry? I hope that it is. Because it don't get no better when you bear that first fruit. As we stand, what page you got, sister? 177. Page 177 this morning.